We need your help to keep the North Omaha History Podcast going. Please go to NorthOmahaHistory.com slash podcast, click on the Patreon link, and consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We'd like to thank Lori Schwartz, Wanda Lewis, and Jim Collison for becoming patrons. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. As Omaha grew from 1890 to 1900, people needed places to go and things to do. With few public parks and a raging gambling and prostitution scene, there wasn't a lot of things for families and particularly children to do. There were a lot of ambitious businessmen who were willing to try different ventures, Lake Nakoma was a place to make a few bucks from meeting residents' recreation needs. Adam, tell us more. I'll tell you what, Steve. It's it's a big picture to begin to look into. I'll say this before we get into it too much, though. In that early time, in that early period before the the cutoff lake and everything became so dramatic, you know, all of that area down there in East Omaha, what we think of as East Omaha today, from the cliffs all the way east over to the river, was called East Omaha. It was it was referred to as one thing. Um, no Carter Lake, no Iowa, none of this. That's because all the way until 1900, Nebraska laid claim to it on and off. Uh, there were times when Nebraska really wanted East Omaha to get on board, and there were times when, uh, I'm sorry, when Nebraska really wanted Carter Lake to get on board, and there were times when Omaha really didn't care and pushed it away. But what it came down to is that that whole area which, you know, is really the Missouri Valley River Bottoms right there. That whole area became kind of a hotbed for recreation, for fun stuff to do. So at one point, the Missouri River uh, came south when, when the settlers first started coming around in the 1840s, you know, with the Mormons, and then uh, into the 50s when uh, the, the Canesville, Iowa entrepreneurs started showing up. Right, right around that time period, the Missouri River had a big jog in it right there. What we think of as the border with Iowa now when you're driving down Abbott Drive, uh, that was actually part of the river. And that little border right there, and it jogged right up to Carter Lake, and then it wrapped around Carter Lake the way that it does, and it came back down. But that was the river flow, and that's the way that the river worked. It wasn't until the, there was a huge flood in the 1870s that really changed the course of the river forever. and folks knew that the river had created what was called an oxbow lake. Um, and it's called an oxbow lake because of the shape of the actual lake itself. They came to start calling the lake Cutoff Lake for a while. It was called Cutoff Lake because it was cut off from the Missouri River. And it was filled naturally with the water from the river at that point and just kind of stayed there. But one of the things that they discovered right away is that that water wanted to drain away. So they needed a source of water that would constantly refresh and maintain water levels there at Carter Lake. And uh, spent about 100 years trying to get all that under control. But before they got it under control, uh, they took Cutoff Lake and they started, Omaha started building cabins down there. They started hunt clubs down there. They started uh, rowing on the lake. I mean, there was all kinds of things that they had really big, grand ambitions for Carter Lake for. And it turned into quite an important place. You know, one of, the, one of the early institutions that was down there, Steve, uh, was called Cortland Beach. Cortland Beach opened up in the 1890s and was a, uh, 
kind of a summer fun place. It had a gigantic clubhouse. It had a hotel. It had a dance hall. It had a beautiful pier that went out into the water and lots of boardwalks and all kinds of extravagance. And uh, eventually it became the Carter Lake Club and stayed there all the way into the 1950s. Wow. Now, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned Lake Nakoma. Was that the name of Carter Lake at one time? You know, that's. I'm glad that you came around to that because after uh, the uh, Cortland Beach Club really got going and and these cabins started getting built down there, people realized that they needed a prettier name that would reflect uh, uh, the beauty of the area better than Cutoff Lake. And so some real estate men, especially George Bemis himself, who started Bemis Park, they came up with this name, this fanciful word, Nakoma, uh, that was probably a made-up word. doesn't really have any Native American associations, but sounded Native American-ish. And uh, they started selling the area down there as Lake Nakoma. And so, uh, that, and that was really the height of the Gilded Age. It's when the United States was kind of, in the beginning of the 90s, things were good. Everybody was moving along and there was a lot of progress. But, uh, you know, the mid-90s hit and everything started to slow down. Well, they thought up this wonderful name of Lake Nakoma and they got some investment down there. Uh, still struggled along, but eventually... A streetcar company opened up a line that went right along uh, what we call Locust Street today, and that streetcar line brought Omahans down to the river, or down to the lake, uh, from the rest of the city. They could catch the streetcar in whatever neighborhood they were in, whether it was out at Hanscom or down in South Omaha, or even uh, up in Florence or uh, in Bemis Park. And they would get on their streetcar and ride all the way down to uh, Lake Nakoma. They might have a cabin built down there. There was all kinds of cabins. There was a group called the Omaha Rod and Gun Club, and they had a section of land in what we think of today as the village of Carter Lake. But at that point, it wasn't a village, and it wasn't called Carter Lake. But this Rod and Gun Club, they built all, kind of, all kinds of infrastructure for the cabins to come down and, and just had a lot of fun down there. They, they built a boardwalk that went almost all the way along what we think of today as the south side of the lake. Uh, so this was a boardwalk and it, folks just strolled along there in the lovely summer light with lightning bugs and humidity and all the good stuff of Omaha's summertime. But they really took in the lake and used it for all it was worth. In another corner of the lake, in the northeast corner of the lake over on the Omaha side today, a group of folks got together and started building cabins right in that corner. Uh, a real estate agent had sold them land and so they built it out. And that was called uh, the the... The Omaha Daily Herald labeled it Bungalow City. <laughs> they labeled it Bungalow City because of uh, the houses that were down there. And these were regular houses. They were just built on the beach and, and a little bit back in the area. And they were kind of scattered around and had their own road that led to them. Uh, folks would ride this, the trolley, the streetcar, all the way down to Locust and Abbott Drive, what we think of as Abbott Drive today. And they'd walk right over to this Bungalow City. And they'd spend a weekend or they'd spend the day or they'd spend a week. Or they take the whole entire summer down there and lots of middle class people, doctors and lawyers and managers, shop owners, you know, things like this. They had their uh, cabins down there at Bungalow City. So there was a lot that was definitely going on in that area of town. You know, the other fun thing uh, is that uh, right around that, that time period, there was actually four different resorts that were down there. So all these people needed a place to play. So in... Uh, 
right in that decade, they also ended up building an amusement park down there at Cortland Beach to go along with the resort, to go along with the dance hall, to go along with the pier. Uh, they built an amusement park. It was Omaha's first roller coaster was at Cortland Beach. Now that's over in the area today. What we think of is kind of the northwest corner. I'm sorry, the northeast corner of the village of Carter Lake. And um, this this uh, gigantic amusement park was fun. It was full. It was big. The wooden roller coaster shook people around as it prattled up and down. And uh, there were all kinds of different rides and different things going on there. So you really get this picture that, wow, Carter Lake was hot. And, and this whole uh, kind of environment had a lot going on for it. If you can picture rowing, uh, they actually had competitive rowing events with um, sculling and 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 uh, teams of rowers and different things like this uh, that were taking over the lake. They had lots of small bit sailboats that were down there dotting along the water. Lots of people's favorite image uh, from Carter Lake at this period is of these beautiful sailboats that are just rippling across the beautiful water in the middle of the summertime or at night. And it's there's some really lovely imagery that goes on down there. You know, the other thing worth mentioning is that there is uh, after the turn of the century, there was actually a race car track that was put in down there. It was quite the going concern. It was called the East Omaha Raceway. And they had the Omaha 300 there in the same way that they have the Indianapolis 500 still today. The, actually, the Omaha 300 was started just two years after the Indianapolis 500. So Omaha was considered a major stop on the national circuit for these racers. And they came through and they raced right there. Uh, again, what we think of as the village of Carter Lake today over in the western side of it. So all of it was a, a pretty exciting place uh, with a lot going on, for sure. I understand, though, that uh, in the 1920s, competition started hurting at Krug Park near Benson, uh, which is uh, a city park now without rides. But it started up in the 1920s with with everything you'd want. Peony Park as well. Uh, did that hurt that area down there? Oh, it did. Definitely. For sure. You know, there, there were lots of different things that converged at that point. There, there was just kind of a general disinterest uh, in, in Carter Lake. I mean, it fell out of fashion, as it were. But yeah, you also had Krug and you had Peony and you had a couple other uh, exciting and fun places to go. And, you know, private parks were really big around the turn of the century and they had uh, lots of different amusements in the city. There was actually an Anheuser-Busch Park that was at 30th and 4th that drew away people from down at Carter Lake. But one of the great things that happened right at the turn of the century is that uh, the widow of a man named Levi Carter uh, donated a couple hundred acres of land along the lake and a million bucks to the city of Omaha to start a park in her husband's name. Uh, he had passed away in the previous decade and she was excited to commemorate him. It, it didn't hurt also that her new husband, whose last name was Cornish, he was a park commissioner and Cornish worked with his wife, his new wife, to uh, secure the land and use her former husband's money to go ahead and start Carter Lake. And so today we have Levi Carter Park named in honor of Levi Carter, who as a side note, had a plant that was right down in that area uh, over in East Omaha at, at uh, East, about East 18th and Locust Street. It was called the Carter White Lead Company and they made paint and that company ended up getting bought out and became a whole other concern. But Carter made his money this way by actually the, the production of this white lead paint actually toxified uh, the environment down there quite a bit. But regardless, 
Mrs. Cornish gave this money to the city, gave this land to the city and said, start a park in my husband's name. So the city built up Carter Lake uh, Park and in, in what we think of it today is Levi Carter Park into a beautiful area that people used for and, and are still using today 100 years later. The other part that's a little interesting tidbit, and we'll get into this in another podcast, but Epley Airfield was actually born out of land that was supposed to become Carter Lake Park. The city had acquired this land in 1925 to the east of the present-day Carter Lake. Um, they had acquired it to become part of Carter Lake, uh, Levi Carter Park. And the flyers decided that the open field right there was a perfect place to land and take off. These were the early flyers in Omaha. All of the early flying in Omaha actually happened down in that area starting in the 1910s. Um, and just as soon as people could, they were taken off and landing in that area. The city decided it was a nice convergence of purposes. And in 1927, they started the Omaha Municipal Airport right there uh, on land that was designated to be part of Levi Carter Park. Uh, I, I understand then the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps started working on some things in the late 30s. So a really interesting thing happened. And, uh, you know, we can even do a podcast on this at some point. But uh, the, the Civilian Conservation Corps was a program of the federal government of um, FDR and his determination through the New Deal to get money back into local economies around the United States. And the Civilian Conservation Corps, I'll call it the Triple C, um, established a camp at Carter Lake. And today you can actually see the foundations of the buildings that were there once in the northwest corner of the park north of um, Carter Lake Drive there. Anyhow, uh, the Civilian Conservation Corps built a camp that housed 500 men from around Omaha and the surrounding area, including Iowa. And these guys came in and they worked all around Omaha. They did... Um, hundreds of projects throughout Omaha, including at Hummel Park, including the Dodge Street or the Saddle Creek Overpass, Dodge Street Underpass, however you want to call it, uh, right there at the convergence of Dodge and Saddle Creek, and a lot of other places throughout the city: Riverview Park, um, Miller Park, Hanscom Park, and 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 just lots of different areas. The painting, uh, the building of the uh, Benson Post Office, uh, and the paintings that are inside of there. This Triple C was super busy. That also housed in the same camp was the WPA, Works Progress Administration, who were actually different workers from the Triple C. Anyhow, one of the, some of their biggest projects that they took on were to help beautify uh, the Levi Carter Park. After Mrs. Cornish gave this money, the city kind of slept on it and didn't do a lot with it, but they leveraged their park with uh, the need of the federal government to go ahead and employ these men. So these men ended up building a beautiful pavilion, uh, which they called a bathhouse at that point. Because Carter Lake Park was also the home of the Omaha Municipal Beach, starting in the 1920s. People have been swimming down at Carter Lake for some time, but the Triple C brought in sand. They built bathhouses, a men and women's bathhouse, and a gigantic pavilion in between them. And uh, they turned it into a real arrival place. So with the waning popularity and the, of the Rotten Gun Club and you know those other bungalow areas, the bungalow city, by the way, which I'd mentioned earlier, was actually removed uh, in the 1920s uh, to make room for the Levi Carter Park. And these folks who had built their houses right there had to move them. Interesting side note on that is that they waited until wintertime and they skidded the houses across Carter Lake over to the Iowa side where the Rodden Gun Club offered them free lots to put their houses on. So a lot of them skidded them over there and a couple of them skidded them behind Carter Lake on the north end of the lake. And you can actually see those houses on either side still today. 
They're just little small bungalows, but uh, they're a sign of what once was. So anyhow, the Triple C goes about building some, building out some great facilities, and then they put in some roads and they planted a lot of trees. Uh, they made another at the behest of Commissioner Hummel, who was the parks director at that point for the city of Omaha. Uh, they put in another lagoon on the west, the northwest corner of the park, and so they really beautified it and made it into a place to be. So yeah, it turned into a really special place. And uh, a place that still kind of has some echoes today. Yeah, it sure does. Thanks, Adam. Great stuff. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, a history of Florence Boulevard in North Omaha. That'll be a, a good program. And we need your help to keep the North Omaha History Podcast afloat. Go to NorthOmahaHistory.com slash podcast. Click on the Patreon button. Become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. And we want to thank our, our two patrons, uh, Wanda Lewis and, and Jim Collison. If you like this program, tell your friends to listen. Adam's got a great selection of books on Amazon. And Adam, how can we reach you? You know, Steve, I love to hear from people. I love questions. I love ideas. You can comment on any article at NorthOmahaHistory.com or on the same website. You'll, you can find my contact form with my phone number and a way to uh, a form to go ahead and send me any comment, concern, idea, consideration, or anything. So feel free to get over to NorthOmahaHistory.com and send me a note today. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.